Welcome to the business and financial advice show, Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly. Brought to you by Mega, the monthly entrepreneur growth academy. Your very own group of professional peers offering instant tips, training, and business networking. Learn how to have more time and increase your income by joining Mega today. And now, here's your host of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, Nancy Becker. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, where we have conversations with wonderful business experts on strategies and techniques for growing our business. If you're tired of waiting for those darn pigs to fly and you want to soar higher, you need to listen to this particular podcast. And today, I am really excited excited to introduce someone that I have known for years and love, love, love to listen to and read about. She is wonderful. Her name is Patty Farmer, and she's an award-winning marketing and media strategist. She's an international speaker, radio host, magazine publisher, event producer, and best-selling author. She works with small business owners, entrepreneurs, and speakers to attract and convert their ideal clients 24-7 so that they can make a bigger impact in the world and even bigger deposits in their bank account. She's created a network of 100,000 plus connections while teaching thousands of entrepreneurs to connect, collaborate, and convert in less time and make more money while designing the lifestyle they want to live. Patty's been seen on the covers of magazines such as Accomplish, Unleash Your Bold, Be the Boss, Women Who Mean Business, and Expertpreneur. She was recently awarded the Global Business Strategist of the Year by the Global Powerhouse Group in London, England, named number three in the top 10 media speakers you need to know, and was awarded the 2017 International Speaker of the Year. Welcome, Patty. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. And I have to say, I love this podcast. I love it from the name to the description to who you serve, everything about it. So I'm so happy to be here. Well, thank you. And I can't wait till we get into this conversation. Um, We had talked a little bit originally about leverage and businesses and leverage. Let's start out with just examining that a little bit. Tell me what you mean by leverage. I know it's my favorite word. Isn't it just a great word? It just rolls off your tongue so nice. So really the definition of leverage is the ability to influence a system or an environment in a way that multiplies the outcome of one's efforts without an increase in the consumption of resources. So basically, in other words, leverage is the advantageous condition of having a relatively small amount of cost or time that will yield a relatively high level of return. So that's what we're all looking for, right? Little bit of time, little bit of money, lots of return on investment. So learning how to leverage every single thing you do is paramount to your success. I mean, it's really critical and it really makes a difference in the bottom line. You should leverage every single thing you do. 
in business. Absolutely. I agree with that totally. And and I'm thinking here as you're as you're describing this, I'm thinking right now I'm going through all of these um, process creations and thinking about, you know, I need to be more versatile and more uh, able to do things quicker and easier and, and be able to accomplish more in the same amount of time because there's certainly not an unlimited amount of time out there. And that's exactly what I think you're talking about with leverage is you have to figure out how to create the different strategies that are going to get you where you want to be without having to put in an ultra lot of number of hours to do that. I think that's really true because, you know, really the name of the game is people get into business, you know, whether it is a brick and mortar business that they own or whether they're an entrepreneur, they don't do it to have a job. Right. I mean, they do it because they want to design a lifestyle that they want to live. And it's really for freedom, whatever that is. Right. For some people, it could be that they want to travel. For some people, they may just want to go to their children's soccer games without having to worry about how they're going to get there and how much it's costing them to take that time off work. So everybody has a different definition of what freedom is to them. But I would say it's pretty much the defining moment and choice of why somebody has a business of their own. So if they could learn to leverage their time and their money, I think it really makes a big difference, not just in their life, but in their lifestyle as well. And I have to tell you, lifestyle is what I'm all about. That is the name of the game for me. And as a matter of fact, it is literally my passion. I really believe that I want to help entrepreneurs and business owners design the lifestyle they wanna live and build a business that supports that, not the other way around. Because a lot of times you can have a business and it owns you too, right? I mean, what is it they say? Entrepreneurs work 80 hours a week so that they don't have to work for somebody else for 40. I mean, we all know that that is really true, but you can help that if you learn to leverage because I know that in the beginning as an entrepreneur, I was working 50, 60 hours a week, right? And we all you know, have read that book or we've seen things where, oh, well, if you're in business for yourself, you should be able to work like 20 hours a week. Well, that's really, really great. And you can work 20 hours a week, but you're not going to be able to work 20 hours a week without doing work first and leveraging enough that you'll make the same amount of money. I mean, I know a lot of people who work 10 or 20 hours a week and their paycheck or the amount of money that they bring in every month reflects that. So really what it's about is if I have the lifestyle I want, what do I have to do to leverage so I still have that lifestyle and I can work less hours, right? So I can have freedom. I mean, that's really, really what it's all about. I know um, for me, I have to say that when I was working 60 hours a week, I really had a lot of time in my business. But gradually, as I learned to leverage more, I was working less hours. And now, like I never work on Fridays. I never work on the weekends unless I'm out of town speaking. Friday's what I call patty day. And I just really feel that if I have patty day on Friday, then on the weekends I can show up and be 100% present with my family, right? And that's what it's really all about. So patty gets a day, family gets a weekend, and Monday through Thursday, like I'm all in. Right. So I think that, and that might not be the way everybody else designs it, but for me, it really works. And to be totally honest, sometimes I take a half a day off on Wednesday too. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, you know, it's really, you know, it's really all about how do you leverage and how does that, 
affect your return on investment. So it all depends upon what you're doing too. I mean, if you only have one thing to leverage, obviously it's not the same as if you have 10 things to leverage, right? So it's really all about that leverage and strategy. That's my other favorite word. Those two words are really, really great. But to tell you the truth, I think a lot of that, what is important is when you're designing it or creating it, that you figure out the leverage first. Like what's the strategy on how you're gonna leverage it before you even do it? Not like after, like in the beginning, if you can start with that, that's going to be a big difference too. So I'm all about that. And I agree totally, and it makes so much sense. And and I know I've gotten to the point where my husband has a very, very strange schedule. and. I try to work my work, my business around his days off. So I may work on Saturday and Sunday, but I may have two days off in the middle of the week because those are his days off and I want to spend time with him. So I, I think it's just in figuring out what works for you and how it works best. But let's dig a little bit deeper into what leverage means. Um, it's all well and good to talk about leveraging your business, but what does that really mean? What are some of the ways that entrepreneurs and business owners can leverage their time? Oh, this is my favorite question. I love it. Thank you for asking me that question. <laughs> so I think that one of the most important ways is content. Content marketing is so important. And it's really three things. One, creating content, right? That's the first one. What are you doing to create content? The second thing, and I'll go back and define them a little more, but so there's three things. One is creating content. The second one is curating content. And the third one is repurposing content. And those three things are key. So let's take them individually. So creating content, that means original content. So whether it's a blog post or whether it is a podcast like this or a digital magazine, there's a lot of different things. You know, both you and I both have podcasts and magazines, right? And that is a really, really great way to leverage. Then there's curating content. Curating content means it's not your content originally, but you put your spin on it. And here's an example of that. I curate content all day long on social media. As a matter of fact, I probably curate more content now than I create. Like I create on my blog, I create on my magazine, I create on my podcast, but I curate probably even more on social media. And what that means, it's somebody else's information, for example, somebody else's magazine or somebody else's blog post with you putting your spin on it. So here's an example. So say somebody wrote a blog post so I didn't even write it, but somebody wrote a blog post on top 10 ways to market your podcast. Okay, so say somebody did that. I would read that and maybe I would read it and I'd say, wow, I love number two, number four, six and seven. I don't agree at all with number nine and maybe I should start doing number 10. Now I'm gonna tell you, if I just posted on social media, top 10 ways to market your podcast, There'd be people who would read it, right? There'd be people who may even share it. But I'm going to tell you that if I say, great article on marketing your podcast, I agree with three, four, and seven, don't agree with nine at all, 
and I think I'm going to check out 10. Well, now people want to read it because they want to know, well, what do I agree with? What don't I agree with? And what's the thing that I'm not doing that I want to know about now? As you become more of an expert and an authority, right, as you become an authority, what happens is people want to know what you think. They want to know your take. And a lot of times that could be controversial. They want to know what you don't agree with just as much as they want to know with what you do agree with. So one of the things that I think is really great, and I always love to give strategies on how to do it too, not just tell you what to do, but how to do it, is, I mean, something as simple as putting a Google alert up for things that you are an expert on. So when somebody else writes something, you can read it and talk about it. I mean, even if you're just saying, I 100% agree with whoever wrote it, that's great too. It could be I 90% agree with it. It could be that you're saying I 100% agree, but I'd also like to add, you know, this, whatever the case may be. When you're an authority, people want to know why, and they will engage with you too. They will be like, well, Patty, why don't you agree with number nine? What would you do differently, right? Why are you not already doing number 10, you know? Or they may say, you know what? Number three hasn't worked for me very well. Why is it working for you? What should I do differently? I mean, it's a way to get clients. It's a way to have engagement, right? It's a way to build a community to help your brand. So there's a lot of different things that you can do with content that you didn't even write in the first place. So I have to tell you, I tell people all the time, if they say to me, oh, Patty, I don't really blog yet, or I don't do this, or I don't do that, great. You can start with curating content that you don't even write. You do have an opinion. Everybody has an opinion, right? So really, honestly, use that. And then one of the things that I use, I use hashtags for this all the time when I'm curating content. So for example, say somebody asks a question, say in a Facebook group, right? They ask a question, and I have an answer, or at least an opinion. I'll write it you know, here's my opinion, whatever, I'll write my expertise, so to speak. And then just to soften it a little bit. So I'm not saying, oh, I'm so smart, you know, you should listen to me, right? To soften it a little bit, I use a hashtag that says my two cents. And it's a hashtag I use all the time, because this way I'm just saying, here's my expert opinion, but it is just my two cents, right? Softens it a little bit, right? I'm just giving my opinion. And I think that really, really works a lot, right? You know, people do it. Sometimes when I say something controversial, you know, and I'm not agreeing, then I use the hashtag just saying, right? You know, hey, I'm just saying, right? You know, so there's a lot of ways that you can soften tone when you're writing because we all know that tonality is so important when we're writing. So that's, that's curating content. Then we go to writing content, your own creating content. And again, like we said, that's like doing blog posts. And a lot of times you can do that same exact thing. You see somebody write a blog post and we'll go with that same exact blog post, right? Um, you see somebody that do 10, you only agreed with three. Those have really worked for you. Well, guess what? Now you can look at those three, write a blog post in your opinion, how those three have helped your business. So you're not copying. You're just saying, these are the three things that really work for me. And here's a couple other things. And now maybe yours is five and you've added ones and you're not copying what they say. And you may even sometimes, depending upon whose content that is in the original one, you may want to actually say that, you know, you were inspired by this article that they wrote and actually link it to them. And then send them a little note that say, I was so inspired by your blog post that I actually put a link in it. Here's the link to it. I'd love to know what you think. And believe me, they're going to share that too, because you talk about how great they are. So there's a lot of different ways that you can do that. I mean, you can 
guest blog on somebody else's, you know, on somebody else's blog post. This is all about how you create relationships, right? This is all about building a relationship. You're listening to the Business and Financial Advice Show, Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, with your host, Nancy Becker. There's lots more to come. Nancy and her guest will be right back. What does business success look like to you? What does business success feel like to you? What stands between you and that feeling? Business success is all about momentum. Mega, the monthly entrepreneur growth academy, will help you focus on the right things and start building that momentum. The Mega Group is a network of dedicated professionals. They provide focused training and excellent support as only a personal advisory group can. Learn tips, strategies, and valuable insights to unleash your productivity. Isn't it time to stop spinning your wheels? Go to don'twaittillpigsfly.com and join the mega group today. Do you feel frustrated, disconnected, or unfulfilled in your relationship? If you said yes, you're not alone. Hi, I'm Anza Goodbar, intimacy coach and sex educator. Nearly 70% of all couples in the U.S. claim to be dissatisfied with their relationship. But the good news is, you don't have to be. If you're ready to open your heart to feel more connected to life, yourself, and your partner, join me and five couples at the Intrinsically Intimate Couples Retreat in Barbados. You can find out more details at www.anzagoodbar.com backslash retreats. They're big, they're shy, they're invisible, and they fly. They're always late. They never arrive. Don't wait till pigs fly. Get your business momentum in action. Let's rejoin our host of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, Nancy Becker. And then there's repurposing content. All right. So the third way is to repurpose content. And when you repurpose content, that is when you have a podcast and maybe you take that podcast and you transcribe it and you turn it into a blog post, or maybe you have three guests that month or four guests that month that are all talking about the same topic. And now you create a blog series, right? Or maybe that there's a blog that you turn into a podcast, or maybe there's an article that you go in a little bit more in depth and now it becomes an article for a magazine, right? Or now maybe you make a video about it. Or maybe the questions that people asked you or the comments that people write to a blog post that they ask you about, well, rather than just replying, you could reply, but you could also make a little video and put a link in there that's saying, you know, here's the answer. I went a little bit more in depth. Here's a link to the video. So there's a lot of different ways that you can repurpose content. So I would like to say that when you're talking about leverage, some of the best ways to do it is to create content, curate content, and repurpose content. And I know that was a long answer to an easy question. No, I love it. I love it. I'm sitting here going, I'm writing all of this down. (laughs) Some of it I do and some of it I've never even thought about doing and it just makes so much sense. And right now I just found this wonderful piece of, of software that allows you to take something like this 
and uh, transcribe it and then you can make blogs out of it and so I'm just getting ready to start doing that and so I'm going yeah I'm on the right track <laughs> if Patty says to do it I know it's the right thing to do. That's funny and then the other thing that you want to make sure whether you are curating creating or repurposing content is to always make sure that you have a call to action whatever it is always make sure like even at the end it could be well what do you think like I noticed that something as simple that isn't even really about a topic, but it will show you is, you know, just today I talked about how somebody told me about this brand of jeans and I tried them and I love them. I posted them on social media and then I said, well, what's your favorite brand of jeans? Right. Like, so it's not just that, but I do it in business too. Right. I'll say, Oh, I'm using this microphone and it works pretty good. Looking about upgrading what, Microphone do you use on your podcast? And believe me, a whole bunch of people, and it'll start a whole conversation about podcasting and about microphones. And not only that, but now you'll also find out who else has a podcast, and maybe that's a good way to say, oh, well, I'd love to have you as a guest on my podcast, and maybe you'll end up being a guest on theirs, and you were really only talking about a microphone. Right. So when you think about it, that's leveraging, right? So that's leveraging. I think another great way to leverage is what I call newsjacking. I don't know if you've heard that phrase before, but you know, so I'm a marketing and media strategist. So newsjacking is really important. And what that is, it's where you pay attention to what's happening in the world and how can you interject your business in the conversation. And here's a couple examples. Um, remember a little while back, I think it was two years ago when the lights went out at the Super Bowl. literally within five minutes, Oreo said, came out like in five minutes and said, you can still dunk Oreos in the dark, <laughs> right? And when Southwest had that issue that happened last year about them having to take that customer off the plane, I mean, immediately the next day they had a huge campaign that said, or it was another company, excuse me, it wasn't Southwest. It was another company that had the person come off the plane, but Southwest newsjacked it and said, we beat up on prices, not you. Right. And so they interjected that in there. So for an example, I have a client, not this hurricane right now, but the last one hurricane, she lives in Florida and there was a huge issue, right? It was that really, really bad hurricane. And everybody was talking about, you know, being prepared for an emergency and being hurricane ready. And were you being prepared. Every newscaster, every journalist was talking about it and they all wanted the edge, right? They're trying to find a reason why you should listen to them. And I told my client, we're going to newsjack this. And she said, well, she was a financial advisor. She's like, well, what are we going to do? I mean, I live here in Florida, but how is that going to, I said, we're going to contact all of your local media and we're going to pitch to them that yes, it is important to be ready for an emergency when you're talking about a hurricane, but you should also be ready for any financial emergencies you have as well. And are you prepared for that? We literally got her on all the news channels and she ended up being able to leverage that to being asked to go to Capitol Hill and talk about that in Washington, DC. So when you think about that, you can leverage a lot of things. So just ask yourself, what is that? Another example is, so February, is heart month, right? October is diabetes month, awareness month. We know that those months belong to those. So media, they're preparing months ahead of time. Like they're not worrying about that in October. They're prepared. So if you know when that is and you have a calendar, you can go to Google and say and ask 
type in looking for calendar of media, you will actually find every month, what is that? What are they talking about? And so say you are a wellness person in any way, shape or form, right? <laughs> and you ought to be able to pitch that during heart month, right? What can you talk about? Heart, you know, heart, healthy smoothies, right? Heart, whatever. And, you know, diabetes month. I mean, every wellness practitioner should be able to talk about something that has to do with wellness and, and diabetes. So think about what is happening that month and what can you be talking about, right? Um, just to give you an example, something even more simple, but the same thing is a couple months ago, it was probably the most engaged post I'd ever put on Facebook. And it was National Iced Tea Day. And I drink iced tea. I love iced tea. I'm a connoisseur of iced tea. I love it. And I literally got on Google and I said, iced tea recipes. And I got this article and the pictures were like these beautiful glass mason jars with fruit in them and iced tea. I mean, beautiful. That had all these best recipes. And I literally posted, it's National Iced Tea Day. My favorite flavor of iced tea is XYZ. Here's some recipes for you to enjoy. But what I want to know is what's your favorite recipe or your favorite thing. I had over 300 people right in there. Because how easy was that? Oh, my favorite flavor is peach. Oh, my favorite flavor is this. We have a family one. This is how I make it. Whatever. But this is how you get people to engage with you. And here's something that a lot of people don't know. When people engage with you, whether it's about your business or not, because you are talking about your personal profile, right, on social media. What happens is when Facebook with the algorithm, the way it is, when they see all these people engage with you, well, the next thing you post, which could be a blog post or something that is about your business, you're going to get it in front of a lot more people because of that engagement. So whenever I'm getting ready to post something that I created, not curated, but created, like this week, I'm getting ready to launch my magazine. So there'll be a lot of posts that are going on that I'm going to create engagement so that when I launch my magazine this week, this issue, it's going to show up in more of people's profiles on their wall. So you got to be able to work the system and be able to leverage it. So sometimes we don't like Facebook's algorithms, but we have to learn how to leverage it. Well, and that was one of my questions I was going to ask you, talking about all these different posts and doing the different kinds of things. I know that everyone has their own views and values, but is this all something that you do mostly on Facebook? Do you use LinkedIn for these things? What are the venues that you use the formats for doing this? That's a great question. So people, that's probably the number one question I get asked too. What social media platform should I be on? My the simple answer is you should be on whatever social media platforms your clients are on, your potential clients are. That's where you should be, right? That's the answer. Um, for me, for me, even though it, people who are connected to me say, Patty, you're on social media all day, all of them, aren't you? I am on all of them, but where I spend the most amount of time for me personally is on Twitter. And I know people are so surprised when I say that, but 78% 78% of my closed business, that means sales, originates on Twitter. Now, I have never sold a thing on Twitter, so that's kind of funny, but it originates on Twitter, and then I move it to LinkedIn or to Facebook, wherever it's appropriate. But I'm going to tell you, in my opinion, Twitter is the greatest lead generator ever. 
Um, so is LinkedIn and Facebook is where you build relationships, right? And so here's what I always like to say. When people ask me that question, I say, why are you not asking the people that you serve? And I always say to them all the time, so where do you hang out? What's your favorite social media platform? And I let them tell me and whatever they tell me, that's where I connect with them. I don't need to connect with them on every single social media platform. I only need to connect with them on the social media platform. They just told me is where they hang out. So that's really kind of how I do it. I think it's really, really important to focus on that. So that's what I do. So with that said, leverage it where it needs to be leveraged, but know where your people are. Cause that's really all about knowing who your audience is. And here's something I'm going to say. People talk all the time about target market. You want to make sure that you're talking in your brand's voice, right? Always talk in your own voice. But with that said, it isn't just about having a target market. Target market's important, right? Your target market are people who have a problem that you have a solution to. That's pretty much the definition of your target market. But what I want to say is I think you need to take it deeper than that. And really, honestly, you need to know who your buyers are because your buyer market is a little bit different. It's people who have a problem you have a solution, but they're actively looking for a solution, which changes everything, right? So just because they have a problem, right, and you have a solution, if they're not looking for a problem, well, it doesn't matter. You want somebody, you want to be talking to people who have the problem that you have the solution and they are actively looking for that solution. That's a little bit different. That's some of the things that I do for my clients is really to help them look for who are, who's their buyer market. And I think that's really, really important. So the same thing goes for content, like what we're talking about and how to leverage, make sure you're leveraging the right market to the right market for sure in your own voice and then find other influencers because we all know that the game changer is always in collaborating with others. You, you know, they're, how you can multiply your time is to really be able to do something with somebody else. And you and I were just talking about this before we got on this podcast. You have a magazine. I have a magazine. You have a podcast. I have a podcast. You know, that's the people that I want to collaborate with if we serve the same market and we do. So if we serve the same market, really there's no such thing as competition. I love to collaborate with people who do what I do because we have the same market. So I'm more than happy to share them to my audience because I serve, not sell. It's really about serving them and providing value. And if they can provide value to my people, my people know that I'm going to provide value to them, whether I bring in other people or whether I'm doing it myself, I've become that person for them. And I always want to bring in people. So collaborating with other people who do what you do, that is a great way to build business. You're listening to the Business and Financial Advice Show. Don't wait till pigs fly with your host, Nancy Becker. There's lots more to come. Nancy and her guest will be right back. Are you a small business owner wondering about your next step for growth and success? What if you had your own dynamic group of professional peers, a group that supports your business with fresh new ideas, beneficial training, accountability, and more? Mega, the Monthly Entrepreneur Growth Academy, is a professional peer advisory group dedicated to supporting fellow business owners. Learn about processes and strategies that will get you more time and money. When I first joined the Mega Group, I was struggling in a business that wasn't right for me. 
Now, I own a local business where I live out my passion every day. Last year, the revenue of my business tripled and we are on track to hit even bigger goals this year. The accountability and feedback of the Mega Group have been invaluable. The Mega Group can help you focus on the right things and start building momentum. Join the Mega Group today at don'twaittillpigsfly.com. Radio and podcast shows are the fastest growing media of the decade. The better the sound, the better the impact you will have with your listeners. Hi, I'm Scott. I'm a producer editor for radio and podcasts. If you have your own podcast, I can help with editing, improved audio quality, your own theme music, and intros and outros. Would you like a commercial for your small business? Connect with me for a sound approach to your podcasts and commercials. My email is scott at worldwithinreach.com. Scott at worldwithinreach.com. I love the term collaboration. And I've always said that there is no such thing as competition, you know, because even if you and I are serving the same market, there are things that I do, there's ways I work that aren't the same as the ways you work. And people will gravitate to the person that they feel most comfortable with. So I love when somebody calls me and I think, you know, I really don't think I can help you. However, I think Patty can let me get you in touch with her. Yeah, I I think that's the way it works. And and jumping back to something that you said a couple of seconds ago, I, I was just doing some reading and I think it's only like 3% of the total population in your arena actually is going to work with you. So that leaves a huge number of other people that aren't going to be drawn to you, but may be drawn to someone else that you're connected with. I think that's so true because the bottom line is if every single person in your audience that you had to worry about bringing somebody else in, they would have already hired you, right? I mean, if they haven't hired you yet, you either haven't found the way to serve them or to add value, but you can add value by introducing them to other people. I actually have had so many people, hundreds of people say to me, you know what, Patty, I know you. And even though sometimes I know you're not the person that's going to be able to provide the service for me. I know that you're out there and you're going to be able to tell me. And if you tell me that I can trust that person and that person, then I trust you. And by that, when you endorse somebody, I know that I can trust them. That's why it's so important to make sure when you put your name behind somebody and you endorse somebody else, that you know that they have integrity because your name is at stake there. So I'm very careful about who I endorse, but I'm going to tell you, I do introductions every single day. I would have to tell you, you know, I'm a master people connector. And one of my quotes that I say all the time is if we should strive to be a people connector, not a business card collector, 
right? It isn't about collecting business cards. It's about, it's about connecting people. Whether you're connecting them to, with you or to somebody else, they're going to remember that. And I think that's really important. And not only that, but the people that you connect them to, they're going to remember it as well. We live in a reciprocal world and you never know when that person's going to say, well, you know what? This person needs this. Even people who do exactly what I do. I mean, marketing is a huge umbrella, right? And so there's certain things that I specialize in. And so there's a lot of times somebody will come to me and they'll say, you know what, Patty, my client needs this. And one of the things that is so important for me to realize is they're my client now, the person who sent them to me. So mm -hmm. if the person they sent to me says, oh, I didn't know that you did that too. Could I just hire you over here? There's no one client that's worth the relationship that I've built with the other person who's in marketing too. My integrity is on the line there. So never will I do it. I'll say, oh, well, actually, let me edify them, right? I always edify the person who sent them to me and realize they're actually my client. I'm providing the service for the person they sent, but the reality is they're my client. That's the relationship I built and no one transaction is ever worth you know, closing down a relationship that you've built. We live in a relationship world. As a matter of fact, what I truly believe is lead with contribution. Compensation will follow always. And the other thing is in today's business environment, the currency that we use is relationships. And one of the things I like to ask people all the time is if currency is the relationship in today's business environment, how fat's your wallet? Is your wallet full or is your wallet empty? Because you're so worried about what you're doing that you don't know how to collaborate. You don't know how to leverage. You don't really know how to know that you don't have to do it all yourself. I mean, if it takes a village to raise a child, it takes a tribe to build a business, right? So we don't have to do it by ourselves, and that's a wonderful thing. Absolutely. Well, and I can't think of the name exactly, but because it's an old, old, old Christmas show that's been on since before I was even around, but I think it's like Miracle on 32nd Street or something. 34th Street. That's that's the premise of that movie is, you know, that somebody wanted something at, at one of the stores in Santa Claus said, we don't have it there. Go well, Macy's. And he said, go to Gimbel's. And he got so many more people coming into his store because he was good enough to send them off to the other store because they didn't have something. And I think we need to remember that and think about that when we're in business too. It doesn't make sense to hold on to something so tightly that we can't breathe. And we should be a trusted resource. And that's a, what you're describing is what I call a scarcity mindset. And you really have to have an abundance mindset. You know, there is plenty of work for everybody. There's plenty of business for everybody. I mean, we live in a world where how many people do the same thing? People always want to work with somebody that they feel is a good fit for them, that they resonate with. So be true to your voice, really, so that people can get to know who you are. And I have to tell you, even as a speaker, when I became a speaker, that became clear to me. I really thought when I first became a speaker six and a half years ago, I was afraid. I mean, that was my biggest fear was, did I want to add speaking to my marketing strategy? And when I became a speaker, I thought, oh, I'm not this eloquent person who's going to make three points and have a pregnant pause and all this kind of stuff. It really isn't who I am, as you can tell from listening to me talk, right? But after a very little while, I realized that it wasn't about changing me to speak like somebody else. What it was was speaking in front of people who needed to hear it the way I said it. And 
that's just really knowing who your voice is. Don't try to fake anybody else or try to be like somebody else. Find your people and they will love you. Absolutely. And, and I hear that so often and it is so true. And the more that I feel for years, um, I've always talked about flying pigs and, and for years people tell me, oh, that's stupid. That makes no sense. It's ridiculous. It's childish. It's not business. It's not professional. So I took it away. And I finally, a few months ago, went, that's me. You can you can see in the background all the flying pigs I have back there, you know. And I said, that is really how I feel about things. And that's really how I want my brand to be. And, and it's unforgettable. Who's going to forget that name? Yeah. Right? I mean, it's a great name because who's going to forget it? And as soon as you tied it to the story... Like how many times have somebody thought, oh, I'm going to be a strip when pigs fly, right? How many times do we say that or think it, even if it's not those exact words, it is very, very memorable. And, and enough of you and your voice. Yeah. And the number of people that have started coming to me and the number of people who have said, I love it. That's great. It's it's been a total reversal of things, and it's because I finally found my voice. I finally found myself. I finally quit listening to all of those other voices out there and said, "This is what I am." Yeah, and I think as businesses, a lot of times we and what I often say when I'm talking to people about maybe being in in the interviews and being on my podcast is that back when I started in business there wasn't even an internet I worked on computers with punch cards you know and, and if I wanted to learn something I went to the library or I did it and did it and did it and failed and figured out something and did something else and just this whole cycle of over and over now on the other hand we've got so many things out there that are all telling us do this and do this and that we still don't know what to do because there's so many voices and i think we we have to figure out our own voice and figure out as you're saying who is going to resonate with us and not only that you need to focus on what makes you unique that's what's important and then here's how you leverage that then you find influencers mm -hmm. right you find influencers whose that voice is going to resonate with them as well because it's not just about working with people who do what you do it's also, and probably even more importantly at times, to work with people who serve your audience, but in a completely different way. So say, for example, somebody who is a web designer, right? For them, maybe they should be working with graphic designers because when you have a website, you need graphics too. And copywriters, because a lot of times people don't know how to write copy. So there's a lot of different people. So you have the same audience, but you serve them in a completely different way. So really, honestly, having your voice is really important. But if one copywriter, you know, copywriters, I mean, that's what they do, right? And so I think it's really important to know who your people are. And sometimes, you know, you have to go through a few to find it, to find them. But I think part of that is it makes it a lot easier process if you know your voice. 
yeah. right? If you know your voice and who you are, and I think that's really important. I know a lot of times people said to me in the beginning, you want to know what's just so different about you, Patty? And I'm like, uh, no, what's different about me, <laughs> right? And um, I've been told many, many times, you know, you really call us on our BS, but you do it in the most loving, nurturing way. It's like, it's like we know how much you care and how much you love us, but at the same time, you don't let us do ourselves a disservice by just, you know, feeding our own story, right? You know, because you can't start a new chapter reading the same story, right? You need to have a new chapter, right? A new story. And you get to rewrite your story anytime you want to. So I think that it's really, really important. And that's what's great about curating content and going back to the content marketing, because you get to do that too. What resonates with you? So I think it's really, really important. And every time you share something, even when it's not about business, it tells people about you. When I talk about shoes, people know how much I love shoes, right? And people know it. And when I talk about IC, it lets them know a little bit something else about me. And when I talk about my puppies, they get to know a little bit more about me. And you know what? People want to work with people who are like them, right? Who they can know, like, and trust, you know? So I got to tell you, I very rarely now get a client, not to say I wouldn't or I haven't, but I have to tell you, a lot of times people are like, oh, you know what, Patty? I just listen to you all the time talk about your puppies, and I just know if you just care so much about your puppies, I just know you're going to really care about me, and I so resonate with you for that. And what does that have to do with how good at marketing I am, right? People will find the thing that they feel resonates with them about you. So be who you are, not somebody else, because it's not authentic. Right. Absolutely. We're running out of time, and I do have one last question to okay. ask you, and that is it, listening to all of this and these three things that you're telling us we need to do to, to leverage our business, what would be the number one way that a business owner could leverage themselves and their business to get massive results? And this is probably the simplest answer that I've said so far. The most important thing is to have a calendar of everything you're doing and promotion dates. So here, I got to tell you, this is where I really was not doing a good job when I started my business. People would ask me, oh, Patty, would you do this? Or Patty, could you do that? And I'd look on my calendar. I'd say, oh, yeah, I'm free that day. And I would say yes. But what I wasn't taking into consideration is promotion time and prep time right? You don't just wake up and do something. You don't just wake up and have a speech in your head, right? You have to write the speech. You got to create the PowerPoint or the presentation if you need to. You, you have to have handouts or whatever the case may be. So what I'm going to tell you is the most important thing is when you go through the process of prep and the process of when you should promote, you will actually find ways to leverage because in that cycle of doing those things, you can find other ways. So for example, say somebody says, oh, would you like to be on my podcast as a guest? Well, now I want to know, okay, so I want to check that out and I want to know, oh, could I, how could I support you? Should I write a blog post about that? Would I help you there? Maybe I could talk about it in my magazine. Maybe I could ask you to be on my podcast. Just there's a lot of different ways. So every single thing, look at that as an opportunity and say, okay, is this a one-off thing or what could I do to prep and promote and really create buzz around it? And 
a perfect example of that to wrap it up is when I'm going to be speaking. So say, here's where I'm going to be speaking. Well, guess what? When I first book the speaking engagement, I'm sharing about that speaking engagement because there's somebody out there who's from that college or university I'm going to be speaking at or in that town that I can connect with, whatever. So I do that. Then as we get closer, I talk about what's the topic and how excited I am about creating the presentation. And I open the dialogue about that. When I get there, I'll usually take a picture of the room that's empty when I get there so I can show what the room looks like and talk about here's the materials I'm going to be sharing with them and I'm excited. After I speak, I talk about how great the people were and how much I really enjoyed it. Then I go back and I thank the people who invited me. It was one speaking engagement, but I promoted it a whole bunch of times. And then when I know I'm going to be there, I connect with the media. Who could interview me? How else could I bring other people in and serve the people that asked me to come and speak? So there's a lot of different ways. Nothing is ever one thing. Think about how can you take that and multiply it in many different ways. Wow, there has been so much valuable information that's come through in just this short amount of time that uh, my brain is spinning. I know it is, and I'm thinking, okay, I've got a lot of work cut out for me. <laughs> I gotta get going here. So thank you so much for everything. And if somebody wanted to reach out to you and say, hey, Patty, I just loved what you had to say. I wanna work with you. How would they get in touch with you? The easiest way would be to go to my website, which is Patty, and Patty is with a Y. So pattyfarmer.com. They can pretty much find everything I'm doing. All my social media is there. Everything I do, podcast, magazine, everything is there. That would be the best way to do it. And I would love to connect with anybody that would be interested for whatever reason. And thank you so much for inviting me. I absolutely really enjoyed it. And it was great having this conversation with you. And I look forward to talking to you again and having you on my podcast as well. I look forward to that too. That's what we're talking about is collaboration. So exactly. we will talk further. Believe me, there's a lot we can do together. And, and so I want to thank everyone again today for listening to us at Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly. We are live on Thursday evenings at 5 p.m. on Spreaker iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, and Spotify. And as of last weekend, I believe we were also being heard on iTunes. So until we meet again, if you have any questions, leave them in the comments below the podcast. Or as always, you can get a hold of me at Nancy at don't wait till pigsfly.com and listen to what Patty had to say today. Do some of the things that she suggested, and I can guarantee you will soar higher. Until we talk again, guys, thank you so much, and we'll see you soon. That's our show for today. We'd like to extend special thanks to our great guest, our sponsors, and our wonderful listeners. Today's show was produced by Scott Card. To find more of Nancy's podcasts and our sponsors, go to don'twaittillpigsfly.com. Don't wait till pigs fly.